Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak, welcoming you back again for another episode. I think we're going to spend the rest of this month reminding people that if they can help donate to Dave and Faith, uh, just a lovely couple from American Pride Roasters Coffee, the chief sponsor, the original sponsor of this podcast. They lost everything in a tornado earlier this month. If you are able to help, um, please do. Uh, you could head to atthemikeshow.com, click on the blog section there at the top of the page, and there is a link there where you can go to donate if you are able to do so. Thank you for considering. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Doral Bruckman is such a unique person with her vast travels, her musical career, and her unique plans for the future. She and I recently sat down, had a fun chat, covers almost every subject in the universe and beyond. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> Let's get things started with today's conversation. It's Dalal Bruckman on At The Mic. Now, you've come a long way here. You yes. have made a road trip from California. Yes. Like literally just for this, right? Yes. No, no from yeah, here, you're going to go to Austin. Yes. And then do you circle back to California? Yes, pretty okay. much. Mm-hmm. You're traveling with your mom. Yes. And y'all have been able to spend some time seeing this beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Uh, like New Mexico, I guess, was a standout stop. Yes. I know for a fact you went to White Sands. Is that not the most insanely beautiful place on earth? It's magnificent. And it's so hidden. You just drive, drive, drive down this road. And uh-huh. then suddenly you you take a left. Uh-huh. And you're on another planet, basically. It's yeah. just absolutely insane. Because when you enter the park... Yeah. It's just normal. Like, it's just normal terrain, New Mexico desert stuff. And then, boom. Yeah. You are surrounded by effectively a Star Wars backdrop. 100%. 100%. And the streets are just white, white, white. It's, it's, It's insane. It must be amazing. Unfortunately, we couldn't stay until sundown, but it must be amazing under the stars. Oh, I wasn't there at sundown either. My family and I... We didn't want to leave that park. I know. You, you, the kids would climb up on the hills there and just yep. dig, 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 yeah. dig. And just there was a, a group of bachelors uh-huh. uh, hanging out there. I think they were taking photos for like the wedding or something like that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I believe um, that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's truly a hidden gem in the state of it, New Mexico. It's a total natural wonder. And everyone should see it. It's it was absolutely amazing. We were blown away. It's one of those places you try to explain to people, and and you just end saying, "Just go, just yeah. go see it for yourself." Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. thank you for driving all this way. You're here in Glenn Beck's studio where I work. He's my boss here at the Blaze TV and Radio Studios, and we were looking at some of the movie memorabilia that he has out there. Mm-hmm. He's got the uh, the head of Stay Puff, the Marshmallow Man from uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. He's got the red ruby slippers from Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned while we were talking about <laughs> movie stuff, you got to talk to us about your obsession with Peter Falk and Columbo. <laughs> and, and and you told me something. Tell the story about, are, are you going to go after one of the cars from the show? Well, I love restoration and restoring old things and okay. old houses and old antique things and memorabilia. And I love Columbo. I think he's the greatest TV detective to ever grace the screen. <laughs> and I visited his grave in Westwood wow. Memorial. You yeah. are really into yeah. Peter Falk. 
is it is it the show or the actor or both? I think it's everything. It's just the way the detective he's he's so smart the way he goes about it. I love this this um play of he's so humble and so intelligent and hmm. he just looks like, you know, your run of the mill walking down the street and then you have these arrogant criminals who always think they outsmart. It's just a wonderful, wonderful take on the world a little bit. I should have saved this conversation um, till the end of our talk okay. about Peter Falk just so I could, uh, when I had one question left, I could just uh, finish up by saying, just one more question. Okay. It's so, anyway, so yeah, great. Yeah. It's right, so right. great. But yeah, I was looking because <laughs> my mom and I, we were watching it and I was like, oh, I wonder what happened to his coat or the car. Huh. So we started digging into it, and apparently, and I'm not sure, there's various information out there that they, they had different Peugeots for the mm-hmm. for the show, um, and <laughs> and we were we were saying it would be great to buy one and just really restore it because it's such a big piece of history in a way yeah. of screen history. So we were we found that apparently, unfortunately, one of the cars. Um, is rotting away in a storage unit. So I've been trying to find a way to contact um, the owners. I've written to like a bunch of people to, to see because they're saying that it's basically breaking apart, but there's always a way, you know? It's there's always, always a, way. a way to like... So are the other several of them on display somewhere? Um, I think there's one on the Universal Studios lot. Okay. Uh, at least that's what it said there. And one of them, I don't know. I found no information on it. So if so anybody kind of out a, there a has information, goal, yes. A bucket list item. Yeah, a little bit because, you know, once I set my mind on something, it's really hard. So I find myself Googling it and I'm like, or duck, duck going, depending on. You got to keep us, uh, <laughs> keep, keep us updated on this. I will. I that will. would be this so would be, cool. Yeah. Because I think it was such a brilliant show. It's just so sad to see some of the, you know, parts not... Um, being be, remembered in, yeah. in the right way and valued in the right way. So, what would be awesome is if you do find it, and the lot has no idea what they have on their hands, and they let, yeah. they let it go for fifty bucks. Ugh. Scrap. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Keep us updated. Thank on Thank you yeah. so much. That would be amazing. I'll take this one over there. That one's oh, falling man. apart, ma'am. You sure you want that? I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> as we've been walking around the studio, uh-huh. you've been speaking. Um, at times in a different language with your mom. Yes. What language are we, ta- are we speaking there? It is German, but we speak an Austrian dialect because we're from Austria. See? And it sounds a little bit different. I, I thought it was unique. I was like, I think it's sure. I don't know exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I spent uh, most of my childhood in the west of Austria, sort of in, in the mountain regions okay. skiing. Um, and then I spent quite a, a substantial amount also in the Middle East and in Northern Africa. How does that happen? Like, how because, do you end up everywhere? Because that's my father's side. Okay. So where my name is from, Dalal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And by Arabic. the way, Arabic. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dalal Bruckman. So yes. you've got a Middle Eastern first name. Yes. And um, But the last name, what's is, the origin is of Austrian Jewish, yeah, basically, yeah, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the, by the way, I, I, we haven't established this yet, uh, and we'll get into what you do for a living. The way I was introduced to you is because one of the things people know about me is that I am a very high-strung, high-stress individual. Mm-hmm. So the way I can take myself down off of those uh, intense uh, stretches is I get to listen to your piano playing, which is such a therapy session, you know? You, seriously, you play the most beautiful music. So if people aren't familiar, 
they need to check out like Spotify is how I I think it honestly I don't know I think it was it may have been a suggestion or something I really don't remember the first time I'm just telling folks if you need to relax Delal Bruckman piano playing oh you're too generous with your words (laughs) thank you so much um but I love yeah I love classical music and we're actually working on a new album now so there's more piano music coming your way do we have a release date yet well actually we have a new album out right now Uh that you can listen to more piano music coming your way okay so uh explain a couple things for us I want to know how you got into music and turning that into a career and explain to us also what has prompted all of these moves you've lived on my gosh i think if i'm not mistaken maybe four different continents technically so like you got the europe i don't know where in the middle east northern egypt northern africa i know that yeah Yeah. Yeah. and where in the middle east were you sort of uh, between jordan uh then parts of syria then i mean technically asia maybe Yeah. yeah yeah and now you're obviously in north america my yes. gosh, I mean, what's left for you? Are you ever going to move to Australia or South America and cover um, it all? I don't know about <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah, things have gone uh, a little things bit have gone, But I do there. have wonderful Australian friends and yeah. wonderful friends in New Zealand, and they're all fighting hard for yeah. freedom right now, oh, and, and they're like wonderful you. people. The way the world has changed in the last two years is truly unreal it's unthinkable especially in places like australia Mm -hmm. um okay so now that i've uh you know spoken for the last five minutes after asking you a couple questions tell Mm -hmm. us how how these moves came to be and how you got into music yes um so i was born in austria and then grew up in the very west of austria in the mountains i went to little ski kindergarten Wait, what is ski kindergarten? It's the cutest thing. It's where you go to kindergarten, but you basically you are on the mountain and you ski for most of the time. <laughs> Hold on. Are you learning your ABCs and your how to ski and stuff? Yeah, it's just basically kindergarten, but on skis in the winter time and and in the summer you hike a lot. But yeah. What? Yeah. I thought I had a great kindergarten class when we had the letter people. Fantastic! What are they doing? The le- well, the letter people like you would come in on a Monday morning, uh-huh. and there would be an inflatable about I don't know two feet high, three feet high character that that my awesome kindergarten teacher Miss Duncan would have blown up and had in the middle of the room. And so that week we're gonna learn about you know the letter C and Mr. C is is there. You oh, know? that's like QI. What's QI? Oh, I love this show. It's called Quite Interesting. It's a okay. sort of a quiz show oh, in wow. uh, from Britain, but they have like this time is the letter A. A uh-huh. as in animals. Okay. Then- so, all right. We didn't have ski slopes in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Oh, that's where you're from. Yeah, that's where I'm from. But I'm fascinated by this ski kindergarten. Yes. Did, I mean, were, did you actually learn your ABCs and your one, two, three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, stuff? I mean, you learn a lot. It's not like elementary school ski, uh-huh. but it's very much like kindergarten. You learn with games, and and uh, it's very social. Where we were about twenty kids or eighteen kids, and how long were you in the ski uh, classes? Uh, you mean a daily? Yeah, because you just said, well, it's not like elementary ski school. <laughs> yeah, no, but the ski kindergarten, it, it was almost like a day kindergarten. To Yeah, and my mom would pick me up at night when she was done with university or done uh-huh. with her work, and then and then I'd go home. You became a good skier? I, I haven't skied in a while, but I, I would say that I, I, could, I could get myself down uh-huh. the slope quite well. Okay. I <laughs> wow. But I love skiing. It's absolutely amazing sport. 
So how long were you in Austria uh, before? Well, I was in Austria basically all my life. I've been in the United States for about 10 years. Okay. In the meantime, we traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. So we spent, my mom was, I was very, very fortunate because my mom just took me everywhere. Nice. Like she would even pick me up at school and say like, okay, you have a long weekend. Let's just jump in. We'll go into Italy. And she would just drive us down there and we would sleep in the car cool. and just drive to every kind of museum, like little towns and, and, and eat at like little pubs and bars and, and restaurants. And wow. Is Education amazing. in of itself, just driving yeah. with mom on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing because now I look back and I, I feel like, oh, what a what an amazing, fortunate life I I have lived. Right. Um, to be taken, you know, by my mom because she worked a lot and she studied at different places and it must have not been easy for her. And she's still like... Uh, she was my mom has an amazing curiosity for life Mm. and she just shared that with me it's a good trait to have and it's amazing yeah okay so you grew up in austria Uh uh-huh then you know you've lived here in the states for about a decade now right Mm -hmm. when did you did i misunderstand when did you live in these other places uh like northern africa well it was always either in the summertime or two months here two months there um weeks here weeks there Um, And any chance we got, we we spent somewhere else, too. So as a world traveler, (laughs) what is your favorite place that you've ever seen besides White Sands, New Mexico? That's correct. That was was pretty amazing. Um, I think the pyramids were just are just incredible to to see. Well, there is there is a piece of my heart in Egypt for sure, because it's just I love Egyptology and um, the history um, way, 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 way back. Right. And uh, the things we got from it, from astronomy to mathematics to all of these amazing things. Um, so that was incredible. I really loved, uh, you know, when I traveled to England, I recorded uh, the piano album there. Mm-hmm. Um, loved, loved England. Um, wished I could go to one of my, the places I've always wanted to visit, which is Tintagel in Cornwall. I still have not made it. What is that? Oh. It's uh, one of my... I, I'm not as cultured as you no, by a long shot. No, 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 no. No, so you're going to have to no. educate me on these places. No, <laughs> but this is great because one of my favorite stories is King Arthur and the Knights at the Round Table. Right. And according to legend, uh, Tintagel was the um, the old castle where uh, okay. where the story started. Okay. And, um, and it's in Cornwall and there's still some ruins you can visit. I mean, there's next to nothing there. we know about it because there was... There was only one book, really, um, but it's one of my dreams because I think it's one of the most important stories ever to be told. Because I think the idea is the first of all it was the idea of the reluctant king. You know, it's that chosen individual that doesn't even want to be at the place where they have to be at to bring peace to the world. And um, and then there's this obviously the the story of Merlin, the story that moves paganism to Christianity. Um, then there is the story of the Knights of the Round Table, where it's basically this uh, beautiful way of like we're all sitting on an equal table together, and everyone brings something to it for it to to make it work. And then obviously there is this this leads us to Parsifal, the Grail. Um, the Crusades, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of the beginning of just so much um, history. So in the great debate, was King Arthur real or not? You definitely come down on the side of 
a real person, real story. Well, I think he's just similar to uh, Robin Hood. He's been mo- there, he's probably a fusion of various different kings and times, and and also it, it was the the big movement from uh, the pagan world into Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a lot of myths and legends that w- wanted to explain the shift. Um, but I think it's so beautiful. I think it's actually one of the three, because I was thinking about this, Keith. I was thinking, uh, what are the three stories that, uh, as we go through um, history, those that have uh, themes that are just so relevant to humanity, you see them constantly repeated in every decade, and every century. Um, so I was thinking about, and that's definitely one of the three stories for me, is the King Arthur legend. So what is it for you? Give me three stories. <laughs> Nobody's so interesting. You get the most interesting answers from people. So you're asking me, the question is, what are three stories from history that I think are so important? Three stories of humanity that that have, it could be anything. It could be a fairy tale that have some sort of theme in there that is just so important for humanity. You see it constantly repeated. I can tell you the three of three of yeah, mine. that's what I want to hear. I mean, okay. I'm not being interviewed. No, but this I, is a good chat. I, I want to hear about you too. I think it's so fascinating. <laughs> I'd have to think about it. Okay, so um, so, so, so what are those three stories? So that, my that first story is the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, obvious, because obviously it's Jesus and just the whole story of Jesus I find just absolutely beautiful and wonderful and fascinating and um, just so important for everyone to... Um, to have as a, a companion story for their life, honestly. <laughs> um, then there's King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is Alice in Wonderland. Wow, that's curveball there at the end. Yeah. What is it about Alice in Wonderland then that we need to take to heart? I think it's the idea of the um, reality dreams and perspectives and, and our place in, in different universes wow. almost. Oh my gosh, this, is, this, is, this risk getting really deep real fast. No, but I think <laughs> it's such a fascinating story and we constantly see it repeated about what is, what is real and what is not mm. and, and how do we behave with things that are um, that seem, it's almost a little bit, you know, you could see it in Gulliver's Travels, you can see Alice in Wonderland in, in, in things like Harry Potter again, like these are constantly, you know, you're falling into this rabbit hole of, of, um, of new things, of different worlds, how do, where do you fit in and how do you behave as things shift um, and how do you shift your own perspectives with it? So I mm. think it's just so fascinating. Okay, all right. But yeah. I ask other people, and it's really interesting what you get. I, I asked my mom, and for her, one of the most uh, important stories was Romeo and Juliet, mm. which is a very, very interesting answer. And then I asked another friend of mine, and he said, Lord of the Rings 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> I'd have to get back to you on that. Yes. I, I got to think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Yeah. That's tough. Um, what was your earliest memory growing up? See, I was actually thinking about that a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I remember I remember um, when my mom threw me into a pool so I would learn how to swim. Did it work? <laughs> Did you learn real quick like? Real quick. Uh, <laughs> nice job, mom. Way to make it happen. No, she was there too. It was all fine. So, so were you um, able to? to uh, did anyone have to jump in and rescue no, you? No, not or? at all. Okay. Not, I was really young. I feel like the younger you are, the better, because you just learn. You, you just do it. Just learn. Yeah, it kind of um, compels you to. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's something natural because we come from water. 
and another early memory. Wait, we come from water? Yeah, I mean, that's where the baby swims, if oh, you okay. think about it. I don't know. I thought we were going to get into a deep discussion about like the well, history of the world or something. Water. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Let's see here. Um, and then I have just lots of memories of playing in the garden. We had a very, very big garden that I loved. And obviously, there's lots of memories of snow and sand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And skiing. And skiing. Yeah. But I wouldn't know necessarily how old I was always in yeah, these memories. I gotcha. So. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, so you've gone to school for a lot of stuff. I, I'm not even going to try to to list all this stuff. Tell <laughs> tell us your your uh, education here. Well, I went to music school okay. first. Well, ski kindergarten. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's not forget ski kindergarten. I loved a ski kindergarten. That, that I'm, st- I'm fascinated by that. I have the best memories of ski I kindergarten. Bet. How many kids would do that? There was, a, you know, we all lived in the mountains. There were quite a lot of kids. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I went to elementary school, grammar school. And then <laughs> okay. I went I went to uh, SA College or SA Institute. And I started with uh, graphic design and web design. And that's over my, in Austria. That is That was in Vienna. Yes. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then I did uh, my bachelor's in film and animation at the same school between Berlin, Munich, and Vienna. Wow, that sounds intense, huh? I yeah, it's a great so, school. Really, really enjoyed it. And so you could make um, Pixar-type movies or something if you had to? Or? Well, I, it, it was a little bit more of a general education in that. Okay. Um, and then if you wanted to go more into certain parts of animation, whether that's rigging or animating mm. or... Um, designing, then there would have been additional um, time spent in that for okay. sure. Okay. Um, but you didn't stop there. You also have uh, <laughs> I, learned English literature and history that obviously you're history, a big fan yes, of. Yes, yes. I t- absolutely love it. It's uh, my obsession. Like I can dig through books mm-hmm. and books and books. Currently reading this really fascinating book on the costume history and stuff. The cost of history? No, costume history. Oh, costume history. Like nice dresses. <laughs> so you could probably look at a photograph and know exactly when that was taken. Most likely, simply because photographs haven't been around for that long. <laughs> okay, I didn't even think of that. I'm sorry. Okay, a painting. How about that? A painting. Thank you. For- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, boy. I you walked into that one. No, yeah, sure no, 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 no. So how did you turn your musical talent into... Like a job, you know? How, how did you uh, determine, I want to focus on music? Mm-hmm. Or are you doing multiple things right now as a career that I'm just not familiar with mm-hmm. outside of your music? Well, music is definitely my main career. I do have a graphic design company. Um, but, uh, yeah, I. it's hard sometimes to look back and think, like, where when did I turn this into a career? Um, but I've just always done it. And then... Um, at one point, you have to make money with it. <laughs> so I just, I I love a lot of things. Like, I could imagine myself doing a lot of things and loving it. Um, just not enough hours in the day, huh? Just, yeah. I, I yeah. So, yeah, I don't, definitely. Uh-oh. Um, Do I have you stumped now? <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking about stuff. Uh, but it's, uh, I just love it. I get immense joy from it. And I like the detailed and precise work of music and especially soundtrack work and uh because i love visuals and 
um, colors mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just a a great way to combine my interest in like visual arts and fine arts and then in music. And when I was little, I wanted to be first an astronaut. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my mom bought me a book to read about how to become an astronaut. And then I realized that the food really isn't that great up there. <laughs> Wait a minute. So it's the uh, prepackaged food that, that dissuaded you from a, yep. a career yep. as an astronaut? I am a Taurus. I need my food and I need it to look good. Yeah. Wait, you need it to look good? <laughs> yep. Visual total part of the food. Wait a minute. Yeah, I want a, it to look nice. <laughs> that's a trait of a Taurus? I think we like nice things. So it's just there's there's um, an appreciation to the food on how you serve it and how it looks and the colors of it. I think we eat very visually too. That's a tourist thing. I think that the tourist pays attention to that more than maybe other signs Hmm. that I have seen. But I can just say, what about you? Speaking for a tourist. I just want to eat. Like I I get bugged that I have to slow down in my day to eat. Huh. I'm not sitting there saying, well, but this isn't pretty enough. food is the best thing. And then when it, especially when it uh, gets served and I, then, and know. then, you know, it looks nice. No, I eat to survive. No. Sorry. You gotta love the food. Have I thrown a curveball into your totally. uh, analysis? Of, I have to look at your chart, Keith. Tori? <laughs> is that the plural? For Tori? Tauruses? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, okay. Torians? I don't know. Torians. We'll go uh, with that. So, yes. Yeah. Wait, what are they? Oh, yes. And then I wanted to be a nun. Okay. Simply because I love churches and the architecture of churches. And I was thought <laughs> I could just like be there and like. I don't know that that's the first qualification for being a nun. I just no, like no, no, being wait. in a church. Wait. But then I thought like I could live in a church and then just make music and be like an organist nun. And then I have like a choir, okay. and it'll be a little bit like Sister Act, but not really. I was gonna say I hear a TV show or a movie developing <laughs> no, no, here. No, no, no. It's actually more medieval. I like the Gregorian chorals, and I really love. Uh, wow. I'm really in love with like medieval music. Would you want to live in a like a big well, old well that's the damp you know church? <laughs> well, not all the time. That's right. the point. And then I found out about like the Catholic, you know, the celibate, and you know, it was little. And then, and then I was like, "Oh, that's sad." So. But, <laughs> but it was really interesting. That's and, cool. And then I wanted to be an astronomer. It's like, oh, I want to see. Like, I just want to look at the stars all day long and just write that one. And then I figured out that that my mom bought me a book about astronomy. And then I figured out it's literally just mathematics. <laughs> Oh, man. No, thank you. That was a bummer for me. I think I cried for a little bit. Oh, no. (laughs) It's just mathematics. It's just mathematics. Uh And then I realized, but music is really like, it just combines everything. There's like, you know, a little bit of math (laughs) and a little bit of divinity and a little bit of the stars and a little bit of um, vibrations and, and yeah, just all the good, nice stuff. I was like, I want to do that. Huh. So I and learned, here you are. And so I learned the violin. Wait, you learned the violin? Yeah, I learned the violin first, and then I learned piano. How old were you? I was four. Wow. So you have literally been playing all your life instruments. Yes. Is the piano then your favorite? Oh, It's whoa. both both of it. I love strings. I'm obsessed with strings. I was just talking to one of the violinists I work with a lot, and she was like, I think you like the violin more than I do. <laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, but I love it. I love the sound of it. I love the viola. 
I know lots of people joke about the viola. I just don't understand it. Wait, is there? Is this, there is it's there, like there, an inside musician. I was about to say, like, is there like, a, oh, a cachet you, of you play viola? viola jokes like, that I'm not familiar oh, with? Oh, like the orchestra jokes are the best in the world. It's a really, it's a really fun place to work. You got, you <laughs> got, you got something off the top of your head no, for us? Okay, all right. no. But you no. also sing. I do. Yes, I love the singing, and I've, I've always sung, and I've always, it's always brought me much joy. And now I can combine everything because I, I do a lot of soundtracks and um, I also work with my composing partner. Her name is Mesa Pullman and she's an amazing singer and artist and um, comes from a little bit more from the folk side of things and Americana side of things. Um, and uh, if we fit really well together and, and uh, it's been such a joy working together and coming from different sides and combining things and strings and banjos and organs and oh, wow. voices and yeah so would you say that your love of history and architectural history is equal to your love of music and performing or it's just a hobby um could you ever see yourself a, a career doing something in the realm of history absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely i i think if i i think if i get into it i would love it just as much mm -hmm. um I think the question is often like, you know, I do this now and I have, I love what I do. It brings me immense joy. But I think I would, if I would do the other thing, I would also love it and it would bring me immense joy, you know? So, um, of course, when I do it, maybe I'll miss doing more music. Like, I don't, right, I don't know, right, you know? Right. But I would love, like, one of my dreams is to just to buy, like, an old, old house and just restore it. Oh, my goodness. That is one of my absolute dream. That and the car from Colombo. Well, yeah, that would have to be parked there yeah, on the property somewhere on, the property. on display. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just so fascinating. Like you look through history and you dig through the types of architecture and how people, you know, how much work and craftsmanship it was to make certain things. And, you know, you just let it sit there and don't do anything with it. And it's just, it's just. Uh, Maybe um, you should be a museum curator or something. I love museums. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love to be a curator. I'd love to be a curator. I think museums are so fascinating. And maybe it's just because I don't stop at enough of them. But it seems like when you're driving, especially in rural America, and you see like, oh, there's a museum this way. I'm sorry, I've got a schedule to keep. I'm not stopping to see this uh, little nothing museum or whatever. Yeah. I wonder how many people actually stop and enjoy those because it just feels like that's got to be the loneliest job in the world sitting at these places. I remember going to like a small art museum in sort of going up to Northern California and it was a tiny little art museum and I started talking with the curator and he he brought me into the archives. That's like cool. Totally cool. I could see him like digging around and being a little bit of a detective. I don't think obviously <laughs> I I, Why isn't the stuff out on display for everybody to enjoy? You know? Right. Yeah, I love archives because I always feel like mm, there's so much more hidden than they don't show you, and that's all right. in the archives. Like the Vatican archives. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would be... I uh, wonder what's there. I wonder what's there. You're driving across the country effectively yes. with your mom. Mm -hmm. The trip going well? Oh, it's going wonderfully. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. 
So many great things. And you know what? Incredibly nice people because you meet a lot of travelers too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, where are you from? Oh, I come from. This is the great thing about the U.S. anyway because you have so, it's such a vast, wonderful, huge, and diverse country. And you'll find people, oh, I, I'm from South Carolina and then I lived in Roswell for a while and now I'm here in, in, in Dallas. Or um, it's, it's just amazing. And then you hear where people come from and what their, what their story is and, and, and why they love it. I love travelers. I think it's like really interesting to meet people from all over the world. And Well, maybe um, you need a podcast where you're interviewing people about their life. Keith. I'm literally the last person that doesn't have a podcast yet. Yeah. Oh, no. You're I right. I think I talk to my friends. They're like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> we'll start this pod. I'm like, okay. <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just don't think, you know, you have to be a great interviewer. Yeah. I thought I was the last one to uh, start a podcast, but it, it turns out. No, that's you're, me. You're still out there. But I, still out here. I mentioned your mom. You uh, look to her as the person who's had the biggest impact on your life. How so? She's sitting right here. Hello. <laughs> so, yes. so, yeah, you guys are uh, partners in crime, huh? Yes, definitely. <laughs> For sure. You like that? You like that? I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think my mom's always been a very happy person. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter what, you know, what the hardships she had to go through or the hard work that she did. Um, she's always been very loving of life and very positive. Um, I'm myself a little bit more pragmatic in life. Not negative, but just pragmatic. <laughs> I, like I like that. There's a fine line, especially fine in line. 2022. For sure. But... She's also been, I've never met anyone in my life so in tune with themselves. And I think that's like a rare um, mm. thing to see. Um, there's a true connectivity. Um, and she, like she says something and she's 100% sure of it. That is also rare to see. No kidding. There's no. Everybody doubts a, everything. There's about so many people themselves. that doubt either. Their, and she always told me, she's like, you make fast decision and you stick to it. Because even if it's the wrong one, you're just as fast changing it. And I think that was a really valuable um, thing to hear. Um, yeah. Okay. Your mom is, she speaks two languages. Mm-hmm. You speak two languages. Mm-hmm. So considering that you grew up in Austria, how did you end up? speaking english was it just through her or 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 how like i don't know her background at all you know yeah we always traveled much my mom speaks italian very well so we we spent a lot of time in italy is there a language you don't speak (laughs) (laughs) there's so many languages man there are so many beautiful languages i wonder how many how many languages you think there are in the world let's just take a guess i feel like i've well, spoken languages, or because yeah. there's some. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google that. How many spoken languages? I think about two hundred. I think there's more. She says two hundred. And something. then there's also dialects, and uh, I would say there's almost maybe four hundred. All right, spoken in the world today, there are roughly six thousand five hundred yeah. languages. Oh That's incredible to think that about. Is oh man, just can you cut off my four hundred guess? <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm leaving it in there. Because I, I would have been along the lines with her, a couple hundred. Yeah, so you were actually the closest. No, no, no. Uh, you're a big fan of books? Uh, My family and I do this too, where we just go to an old bookstore and just stay there. Yeah, like, that's hours, what I do. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you got to just... leave with something too. Oh, 100%. That's, you always you always do. I, I don't love, think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I love old books, man. But there's something about it, the bookstore that, you know, and... um. 
you know, you see it when you sit down somewhere and you just open the book. You see people like they're very calm when they walk into a bookstore. They're looking for something specific and they're in their own world. And it hmm. seems like the rest of the world is a little bit outside. It's a very beautiful place to be. Yeah, I just I go to the history section and, and see well, yeah. what's new. Yeah, and you find really like... It's also like when you look at people, oh, what section are they going to? You know, like, are they going into medical Wait, section? Are you, like, what are you, cooking? stalking people? Totally. No, not at all. <laughs> but it is interesting because, like, sometimes I go to the astronomy section or the architecture section and there's no one there. <laughs> but then you uh, walk yeah. into, like, the games and video games or yeah. whatever. There's, like, all these people. Well, no, but... Welcome to our society. No, no. no. It's, it's, I think there's people, you know, you have people that are interested in all kinds of things. Yeah, but, but if you throw a rock in the air, you're much more likely to have it land on someone who's into video games and stuff like that yeah. as opposed to architecture. Yeah, I mean, you find me in the graphic novel section, too, because I think mm. those are fascinating. Okay. But it's funny, like, where you find the people and what they read. Um, wow, you are stalking people in the bookstore. No, no, I can tell. Not you have really. A, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You you are obviously into classical music. Yes. I don't know what the difference between classical and neoclassical is. Well, neoclassical is mainly the 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 new classical music, the little bit more minimalist mm-hmm. um, kind of approach to classical music. Classical music has a specific kind of period that. It okay. To. So it's basically modern people performing. Classical music. Yes, yeah, no? so so it's like if I would play like Tchaikovsky or a Greek, then that would be considered I'm doing classical music. But if I play, for example, Max Richter or Ludovico Einaudi, that's Oof. already sort of a neoclassical realm and more minimalist. And I'm just, I'm just, it's over my head. Oh no, this, it's uh, just, it's just my work. Pop music, electronica, soundtracks, yes. folk music, alternate. You, you know what? You could have just said. Yeah, what don't what yeah. don't I? Would, <laughs> Um, I, I think there's so much really great. I had like this period of where I was just listening to like Japanese music or mm. Native American music. Um, there's a really, I have a lot of uh, Chinese friends too, and they have great instruments that I, you know, had no idea of. And, and uh, yeah, it's lots of fascinating stuff. Last book you read was 1984. That's a wise choice. Um, <laughs> how's that, uh, how's that <laughs> feeling today, huh? Aren't you guys uh, brushed up on that? Oh, yeah. I've read it before, and I was like, ah, like that could ever happen. You know? Like, you think about it, and then you're like, "Mm." We're here. Yeah, we're here. And it's just astounding to me. Like, it's all these parallels that we're living through, and there's people that don't see them. And it's almost, literally, almost word by word to be read in the book. Terrifying. It's really frightening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to be very careful where you step at this point. Yeah. No kidding. Let's see here. But it's all good because we're in Texas. Yeah, but you're headed back to California. <laughs> you know that, right? There is an end of the trip coming. Oh, you had to throw that in, yeah. <laughs> but you're headed to Austin from here. So, yes. So you can ease yourself back into the California mindset. Oh, that is so funny. I cannot wait to see Austin. There's so much stigma. Um, good luck. I've only heard good things. Uh-huh. Wow. I just want to say something nice about California here. Okay, say something nice about California. It is... A really beautiful state. It is. It's a beautiful state mm-hmm. with, there's many hardworking, good people in this state. Um, that are, are doing their best to get out, honestly. <laughs> At this point, uh-huh. 90% I mean, of my friends have left the state. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you see yourself? Leaving. My, I see, unfortunately, oh. leaving. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, Where I feel would you like head I'm, to? Austin. 
kidding. Oh. <laughs> kidding. I'm totally kidding. But we'll see. We're we're huh. th- that's why we're also checking out different states because this is the beauty about the states is like you can just live somewhere else because you see all the the states have a different They're, constitution, different laws, different uh, mentalities. Often, fifty experiments. You have fifty experiments, and this is wonderful. You know, and California can keep the, the people that love how things are going in California can stay there sure. and love it um, and uh, unfortunately I see myself a little bit forced out which is absolutely devastating to me too because it takes a while to build your friendships especially when yeah. you're when you're not from a country you know it's it's effort and time that you because I didn't know anyone from college you know I didn't go to college here I didn't go to university I didn't go to elementary school yeah uh, I don't have any family here so it, there's there's every friendship that I have, every uh, um, every relationship, every work I had to build for myself, and mm. then it's 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 obviously a, a decision. Um, Where does mom live? Um, she travels back and forth between Austria and and the United States, but um, she's here. Mm. Um, she's a medical scientist, and uh, um, yeah, it's been really uh, strange for us too, but. It, California is such an amazing state, and uh, California is like the beautiful woman that's just absolutely insanely crazy. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's just you know you have so much opportunity in California, yeah. and just the the vegetation, the soil, um, the the wildlife. And it's got everything the, as far it's as got geography. Everything. With all the you have to do mountains. is let the people work. Right. That's but all you have to do. You've got the the ski slopes. You've yeah. got the awesome beaches. Yeah. You've got yeah. the natural beauty, yeah, but the the government, but, man. Yeah, and I think it's also in you know certain areas, like not all areas of Los Angeles, but a lot of the places where you find people that are, um, which I always think is like not a good, good thing to develop is a, a little bit of a wrong arrogance. Mm. You know, living in such a great state and um, having the opportunities they have, and then you become quite complacent and right. and a little bit far from reality sometimes and before you know it you wake up and oh my gosh what has happened before you know it you behave like a lunatic like right. that's what is happening unfortunately yeah. in, in a lot of places is there's no more connection to just normalcy or common sense mm-hmm. you just calm down for a second there and just enjoy the beauty where you live and just just work just do your thing you know to your earlier point about being so interested in astronomy yes what is Sky Guide? What is that app? It's the best app. Um, it's basically an app where you could see the night sky and shows you all the constellations and their stories. And oh, really? So this is better than Google Sky? I have. I don't know. Oh Google's wait, you kind. must have an iPhone then or something. I do have. An I iPhone. wonder if this is the Apple equivalent to what I've got on my phone, which is oh Sky Map. And oh. so, so as you can see, I just opened the app, uh-huh. and I'm sitting here recording this interview with you and you see okay so now i'm looking east right you see how it says east yes now if i this is the horizon right here Mm -hmm. Um, i think it's if i may say so it's a little bit more elaborate okay because you see there's the sun and there's mars and mercury i might be able to do more uh, layers to it yeah um but uh, yeah i don't i don't use it too much unless i'm just like uh, standing outside at night, like, wonder what planet that is out there. Yeah. But, but uh-huh. is that kind of what you've... Uh... It's sort of like that. Is It has a little bit more... Um, it's a little bit more mystical, 
I think the Sky Guide, where it's like it shows more of the stars and how they have the the oh. Milky Ways and the and the Andromedas and the. Oh, there we go. I, I just didn't have a good. Yeah, this uh, feels like more of a map, map. Yeah. And the other thing is more like a journey through space. Okay. And it also has really nice like sound effects and stuff. Oh, wow. um, and it also tells you about all the great things that are happening this month and next month. I feel like I'm like promoting this app. <laughs> I do not <laughs> I do not work for this app, but I think it's just really fascinating. Sky Guide is not a sponsor <laughs> of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But if they want to be, <laughs> please <laughs> they should, reach out. They should contact me and Keith, please. Uh, let's see here. Five possessions. Uh, if you can only keep them, yeah, childhood photo album. That's a good one. A survival bag. That's that's an excellent, especially in today's world. Uh-huh. A good pillow. How do you how do you find a good pillow? Is there a better solution than to just go to Walmart and lay your head on the shelf on the pillow and say, "Yep, that's the one." Is there a better solution to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there is like just like with beds, you can just get all kinds of amazing pillows uh, made or created, or you know, with different. <laughs> you know fillings i guess (laughs) but i feel like a good pillow changes everything because i feel like if your neck and your that sets the tone for the day ahead sets the tone for the day ahead Uh you know if you rest your head on a good pillow (laughs) i love this a little while a good pair of shoes yeah those are Uh important and a bottle of zink always important well i feel like that's like a question like oh five things you would take for what purpose though so i've like oh good pillow because that you need and terrible survival situations and in just normal situations <laughs> i've got to ask you about this uh, your favorite comfort food is mashed potatoes with tomato sauce yes if my grandma makes it okay so is it just instead of gravy you're dumping tomato sauce on it yes it's i've never it's, had this it is uh homemade tomato sauce okay. um from our tomatoes in the car you wouldn't just take a can of it off the no, shelf no 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 <laughs> it has this grandma's touch uh-huh. Um, uh-huh and she makes the mashed potatoes and they're beautiful she puts them on the plate and then she comes with this the homemade tomato sauce and it just tastes just absolutely fantastic huh. and you pour a little bit on it and this is it kind of want to try just, it now uh, it's really You're selling fantastic. me on it ah, amazing okay all right um uh-huh. let's see here we've kind of covered this to a degree. Mm-hmm. If you could go back in history, who would you like to meet? I've got to change this question because uh, so many um, people go with Jesus, uh-huh. which, which you did, yeah, um, obviously. Uh-huh. Yes. Beyond the Lord and Savior, you've got Nefertiti. Uh-huh. Um, what are you going to ask her about her eye? What's up with her eye? Didn't she lose an eye or something? Or she something? did? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh. I just think that she was a really incredible, interesting queen of egypt to a very at a very interesting point in time um so i guess i would just i don't know maybe i would just ask them like if i don't know if you were a bird what kind of bird would you be you know like (laughs) i don't know what's your favorite color who knows maybe it's just about having like maybe they would just talk that's what i would love you know started just just give me something you know leonardo da vinci yes i mean what a fascinating historical figure i i want i i always feel like leonardo da vinci i was think every time i see something of his i'm like oh my he must have had a great sense of humor <laughs> so maybe i would ask him for a joke see, i don't know see and i think that about uh your next question your next answer is uh socrates oh yes you know maybe it's because i watched bill and ted 
Uh, I've never Bill, seen that. Oh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No. Oh, you like uh-huh. history? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, then you'll like Bill I'll and Ted's see, Excellent yeah. Adventure. Mm. I mean, it's just yeah, I'll a, check that out. Yeah. It's practically a documentary. Yeah, soccer um, Michelangelo? Mm-hmm. Tchaikovsky? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you obviously are fascinated with the medieval period because you'd like to talk to an ancestor of yours from that time. Yes, I'd be very interested. I, the medieval period started interesting me at a a couple years ago. I wasn't that interested in it before. I was more into Tudor history and uh, special, and also then after the Victorian period, I feel like those were like the most interesting periods for mm. me. From mm-hmm. from my um, that just uh, I gravitated towards. And uh, then also ancient Egypt. But then I like the medieval times suddenly opened up for me and like medieval art and medieval huh. music and just, um, just really dark times. I was going to say, it just but, seems like a weird, it is fascinating. Yeah. That period is fascinating, it's but it's fascinating. also scary. There's some, absolutely. But it's also, it's really interesting what people do in times of brutality or in times of war, which was basically all of the medieval period where wars um and it i mean it goes like if you think about it goes almost into like 13th 14th century where you know it a lot of things changed Mm and and then but if you look into the practices of you know even cosmetics and 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 cloth making Mm -hmm. the ideas that came about during that time were just really fascinating which is because it's so interesting if you take for example like antiquity you know like Greece or the ancient Romans there was so much that was already developed you know mathematics logic um, ethics uh, uh, politics to a degree right you know also in sculpture like if you look at sculptures from ancient Greece or just anything it's just so developed already and suddenly comes the medieval period that said we want none of that here's a 2D version of this really ugly king that we had called Edelhund <laughs> Uh-huh. And Ethelbert. <laughs> no, but I think it's fascinating. What were they thinking and how did they see the world? And, yeah, no, and we could do an entire podcast We could do an series. entire podcast about medieval and then also, you know, just, uh, just everything. I think it gets to Martin Luther mm-hmm. and the 95 Theses. Yes, a- absolutely. And, and, and it really, that moment in time changes not only the trajectory yes. of religion, yeah. uh-huh. but... I would argue that was the foundation of this country, the United States, mm-hmm. 200 years later. Yes. I, yeah. I think you there's find- absolutely a common thread there as far as telling <laughs> those in authority, hey, we got this. Yeah, absolutely. And it was also a really interesting time because then you go into, this is already almost Tudor history because then you have Henry VIII, which, you know, can't really be considered medieval anymore. But, you know, he's sort of this figure in the in, in, 1500 something 1550 1520 1530 sure, uh, whatever, whatever. Huh? um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he actually wrote against the theses he wrote a whole uh, piece of uh, uh document uh um, and then, and then you have the split from Henry VIII and the and the and the Church and the the um, emergence of the Anglican Church, and then you have the Catholics and the Protestants, and then you suddenly have Elizabeth I, and then you mm-hmm. have the expansion of the of the Empire, and like this goes on and on and on, and you find all so many things that are relevant today that come from back then. Right. Um, History is fascinating. Everything's yeah. connected. Yeah, everything's you know? connected, and you can also see which. The more you understand about history, the 
or the more you start digging around in it, the more you start to see that most of the problems throughout history are not gender related. They're not race related. They're not, it, it's, they're power related. We just said it. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> no, but they're power related because you have crazy queens. You have crazy kings. They were just as brutal. They were just as crazy. If you look at Elizabeth I and the sumptuary laws or her or Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. And then you have Henry VIII who decapitated his wife. It wasn't about he was a man and she was a woman. It was they were both in positions of power and right. abused them to their own gain. But it was a very different time with very different behavior. So I, I just think it's like the more you dig around in history, the more you start loving where you're at. Yes, that's true. But also you you start to understand that all throughout this time, there were people that cooperated. Right. And I think that's a really good point about humanity. Like Gotta win even, the hearts and minds. Even in the worst times of brutality, there were people that you know laid down their lives and they cooperated and they worked it all out all throughout history. And I think that's a very good thing to keep in mind because I feel like now people look back and try to make history to what they think their problems today are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just not working. Let's and it makes some... people very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And it's also false. And I think it's not good to go there. Let's have some perspective. Yes, absolutely. But there, you know, it's like, you read these texts and you dig through these texts of, you know, medieval times or Victorian times or Tudor times or World War II times. And you see, oh, this is a really interesting thing. So I found this really cool service called Historic Mail. Okay. This podcast is not sponsored by this again. <laughs> but I thought it was so great. So you can sign up for this service and they sent you a historic letter because I was always, you know, you know, people that write the history books, there is, you have to get the perspective that the people who wrote the history books and just might not be true. It might be like right. tainted or yeah, they um, have a motivation. They for have a motivation and they have the, the agenda. They yep. And I had this great Latin professor who always who was very interested in history too and I had great conversations with him and he always said the one way to find out is you have to be a little bit of a detective. You take all of these stories that were written around the same time mm-hmm. about the same incident and then you see where they connect. Where are the things that connects them? What they all say is true. Mm-hmm. What they all feel like is this. And the best way to see it is with actual letters written by people to friends, to lovers. Right. too. And so I found this service called Historic Mail. And they send you historic letters from history. So every week you get this letter in the mail. And it's like George Washington, 1797, you know? That's cool. And it's you see in the in the, the way of how they their penmanship the way what they were worried about what they were thinking um how how long it took them to do something you know they were oh i'm traveling from massachusetts to (laughs) south carolina it's taking me two weeks already and i've been six 17 times and almost died and but here i am we lost three wheels and two horses and uh but i hope you're well mary by the time (laughs) by the time you get this letter i'll probably be more already there or dead or something happened you know it's amazing the times are so different People were, people worked hard too. They were you know, tougher than we are. Tough now. people, That's for sure. but also it's it's so interesting. You see, I've got you know this letter from Amelia Earhart right before she vanished, basically, and it's Whoa. just so interesting to see her idea of what she wanted to do. You read letters from the suffragette movement, right? Mm-hmm. And I have my issues with a lot of the the moments that happened in the suffragette movement, uh, but um, there you could see, oh, this was. 
an important movement during, but for every suffragette, there was a suffragist, which like nobody ever talks about, right? So you have these letters and then you suddenly see, oh, wow, these people, it wasn't just a women's movement. It was a, a movement for people that weren't drafted into the war that wanted a piece of the vote because their service to the country mattered in other ways, right? You can see how That's people- interesting because I've always, you know, I know that uh, like Wyoming, I think the mm-hmm. first territory, 1869. Yes. I, I never have correlated that with having anything to do with the Civil War. Um, uh-huh. So um, I guess I gotta go back even further, huh? Yeah, to find out the motivations and stuff. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you can go so far back, especially you know if you, you take, for example, the women's movement. I mean, that goes French Revolution. And even before that, there were things like that. And I never considered myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I still don't. Um, <laughs> but I think it's you know I think all all of these um, moments in time they've had their their importance and it's it's good to look at them why that they want that and it was the 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 women's movement especially during the suffragette movement in england was the idea that only the people that were drafted into the war and served in the wars were the ones that could have a vote Mm -hmm. so this is not only women this also affected certain farmers certain uh jobs um that where people could not be drafted into war didn't have a vote so Mm -hmm. it wasn't just women but um that's why I also said there were suffragists as well, men who were looking for, you know, supporting the women's vo- vote and thought it was important or or needed a vote for farmers or things like that. It was just so many little things. It's it's a, history is a lot more nuanced than just like sure. oh, men or women. Oh, yeah. this and this. Um, no, you're so, absolutely right. So I think it's like, and especially it was different for Europe than America because America you had the abolitionists who were mainly. Uh, um, interested in, in helping the, the vote for women. And that was, I think, around 1848 with the Declaration of Sentiments, which is just really fascinating to read. Um, but yeah, they're just so, like you dig and you dig and you dig and you find these letters and these people. That's and- a really great way to, uh, a great lens to look at history through is these just letters from individuals. Yes, Hundred percent. I think it's just so fascinating to read what people were worried about and what they want. And th- oh, right. there's a great, great. Yeah, we we want to know if we got Wi-Fi. They want to know if they had clean water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? like, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, so where's the army now? Like, how fast are they approaching? Right. Uh, but it's uh, it's really interesting, and you can see that there's a lot of um, issues that come out again now. You know, it's uh, um, George Washington. I had this old letter from George Washington, and he, he wrote being concerned about the French uh, Revolution. And he, he talked to his friend who was in Paris at the time, and he sent this letter. And he's like, oh, you know, tell me about Paris, because I really want to know, because I'm reading all of these gazettes here, and they're all saying something different. Mm. So he could, couldn't could trust the news, basically. And I, I, I think it's so funny, because wow. this is just, you That's know, hundreds, hundreds of years, hundreds of years later, you still have the same thing. And it was That's the fun. same in World War II. You could find letters from people to people saying, like, I don't know, I'm getting this different information but what is actually happening and it's propaganda and they've been bought up and they've been bought out and this is corrupt you know so you can see so much when you start reading people's letters or diary entries this is why i think the diary of anne frank was just so 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 important for history because to see this girl and how she perceived this mm-hmm. um yeah i think anyway sorry like no I- no i love it <laughs> That's, it's very interesting stuff i will say and, and they all deserve their own podcast to explore all of these. Oh, you know? man, yes. Um, Letters from History would be a great podcast. Now we're going to look at Um You better reserve that right now. <laughs> and you should host it. Letters from History. 
Oh, you got to get on this. You gotta, I'm serious. You better write that down. I'll write it down for you. Oh, Keith. Okay. Uh, you will be my first guest. Oh, no, no, no. It's you just reading letters from history. Yes. You don't but need then, guests. But then you talk about it. That's the oh, I see. the fun thing about okay. like you read about it and you, like, I, you know, Okay. See, about. you've already got this figured out. That's, <laughs> that's going to be your uh, hobby. Like piano playing, music. Okay, oh, that can be perfect. your career. But the podcast <laughs> can be your uh, your outlet there. Now- I ask a question in the email, and I normally would just skip this, like yeah. if you didn't answer anything. But but since it came with like an upside down smiley face emoji ah. and the words "no comment" under the question "most embarrassing moment," <laughs> it, is it literally no comment, or is it you just don't have anything, or should we just? Oh, move I on? think everyone has like a. Oh, I mean, I don't know if everyone, but I definitely have. A few embarrassing moments. But none you want to share with us today? Why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Those are certain things that need to be buried (laughs) in a... In In history. In in history. And no letters written about (laughs) them. No letters written about it. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. No one will ever know except me. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. Um, So is there anything else? Have we covered pretty much everything? Or is there uh, anything you want to tell us about? Have you thought about the three stories for yourself? No, I've been so in tune with the conversation at hand. My guest sitting right here, I'm certainly not uh, drifting off thinking about that stuff. Um, Let's see here. Your Instagram is Dalal Music. Yes. D-A-L-A-L Music. Yes. Uh, That's That's me. Same with Twitter. That's pretty easy to remember, Dalal Music. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, explain to me the handle on TikTok yeah. is room 30A. I'm I not know. familiar with uh, I, TikTok. This is, and... this is so funny. Yeah, I am just familiarizing myself with it. I feel like there's a lot of uh, <laughs> the... Uh, it's a very interesting platform, I think, so There's far. the word. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, and I'm trying to familiarize myself with it. And uh, Okay. Um, right. So we'll be looking for you over at uh, Room 30A. Well, I thought it was interesting because it's, you know, I'm also working on a comic book. I'm working on what? a sound. Well, thanks for tucking that in at the end here. Yes. What do you mean? Like, so, because I forgot you get the graphic design background. Yeah. What kind of comic thing are we talking about? Uh, well, it's. <clears throat> uh oh. Let's say it is, uh, is a little bit secret. No, no. You can, you can tell we're us. We're working on my friend Rob. Well, I've been working on this for over 11 or 12 years now. I wow. had this dream, and it's about the zodiac. Hmm. And it's basically astrology uh, meets superheroes in a new age. Wow, that's pretty deep. Yes. That's pretty deep. It's so fun. What is your faith background? Well, I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big believer, okay. I would say. Um, so that's a fascinating combination then, because I thought as much, considering the fact that you were talking about possibly being a nun... You have right, right? Okay, so it sounds so weird when you mention it like that again. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just repeating what you said. <laughs> so if anybody tunes in now, like they have to go back. That's right. It that's sounds right. weird. Uh, right. Okay, but so okay, Christianity, yes, Zodiac. They have always seemed to be in conflict with each other, but apparently, no, I not don't think you. so at okay, all. Explain. Not for me. I feel like this is the same with the idea of science and 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 uh, God, which I think is all the same thing. Like everything is connected and everything is, uh, um, I wrote this little um, myth about where the things come from and the idea of the zodiacs and and there's a lot of God in in all of that. To me, it's like completely the same thing. 
Wow. Like I see it all connected. So how does it get that rap of, of being... Well, you know. I think people like to look at things through a keyhole because then it's easier to oversee and easier to explain. I, I do think that there is a historical component as well because if you think about, for example, tarot cards or tarot reading, that was actually part of the church. So there is a... Wow. And then... Not a, familiar. Yeah. And then there's a lot of things that got... The church changed a lot of times and then moved into... I've, I've had my issues with the Catholic church, especially... Um, at this point in time as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there is beautiful, uh, wondrous stories in Catholicism. And, and um, I think it, with every religion, you find very, very interesting points. And I think that the biggest one is like how it's not just why are we here, where are we going, but it's like how do we lead a happy life? And here are the things we can help you for you to lead a happy life. So, um, so part of that is like, you know, just to... To the, the, which I think is so fascinating in, in um, the, the, the idea of the sins of our fathers that, you know, like there is a weight, the Atlas weight that we carry um, that, you know, that some people might say it's, it's a karma or it's, you mm. know, but so I think that there are so many things that are just so important uh, that they gave us if we understand it in a correct way. Um, even prayer, which I love prayer. I think it's such a beautiful form of meditation and exercise that when you come into a time where you have hardship in your life or where you maybe are lost at crossroads, that is the point where you meditate and you calm down. I think it's a beautiful way. And, you know, uh, um, India has this in yoga. They Like so many religions did it in different ways, but it's always the idea of like, how do you lead a happy, meaningful life? And I think that is so fascinating. And I love, I loved, um, uh, you know, growing up with my grandma always used to pray with me every night. And uh, I um, I went to church to, to work in church for a little while when I was a, a teenager. And I thought that it's so sad that so many people don't understand the um, I had a lot of issues with the masses and like what they were saying sometimes. And then now I'm like, oh, you know, like I understand certain things now, but they still anyway. I can go into this, but I think uh -huh. that there's... That's another podcast episode yeah, for you, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but I think it's fascinating, and especially the Bible, such an amazing document. You can find relevancy to all times in your life with it. Like at, at any point in my life, I could go to the Bible and look into something and feel like, oh. And I also love Greek mythology, which is another way of how they used to explain those certain, those, those kinds of things. Um, and then obviously philosophy, which I think is the... Um, which I think was the best way to actually explain religion, science, mathematics was through the lens of philosophy, through the lens of wonder. Because I think if you put that at the very top, then all of the other things are making more sense. And you have your the 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 framework of ethics um, is has more structure. Because now I see, you know, I see uh, scientists that have completely gone of beyond all good and evil you know and you see um this religion of scientism now coming out which is really really dangerous and i feel like if we would just bring back this philosophy and put it at the forefront of things then all of these other things would um settle better mm -hmm. anyway i have my thoughts on, on that i think you have 
I think we have established during the course of this conversation that you have many avenues of which to tackle in your new podcast. <laughs> I'm giving you something else to do. You know, you, Keith you better really make... wants me to do podcasts. That's right, letters so from fun. history. Yes, I think that's actually a funny one. There, there could be lo- on Valentine's Day. There could be a love letter from history. See, see, mm-hmm. you've got this figured out. Like something romantic. Yep, yep. Um, hang on a second. Well, I've got you here. Let's just. Uh, I'm just checking here. You could buy lettersfromhistory.com for $99.99, but uh, let's see, lettersfromhistory.net for $15. Bucks. Um, yeah, let's see, letters from... There's something out there. You can find it. You can find yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely okay. look into that. <laughs> um, a couple more places here that people can find you, uh, dalal-music.com. Yes. Delal-music.com. That's a me. And who's uh, Mesa Pullman? You've got a that, website. Yes, that's my composing partner, Mesa. And we have a website called www.musicbymesaanddelal.com. Okay, and, and Mesa is spelled M-A-E-S-A. Yes, yes. So Mesa. She's also a phenomenal singer and has an album out. So if anybody wants to check that out. Okay. Did we need to touch on the comic book again or are we good? We should just look for it, huh? Yeah, you should. Just What's look it going to be? Is it going to be? A, can people find it at your website when, no, it, when yeah, the time, no, when the time the, comes? Yes. Okay, it'll be available there. Yes, it will be like you will see the first couple of things available for the comic book. I can't wait. It's really exciting. And it's then, been like a long time in the making, and it's very exciting. Well, kudos to you for taking a dream that's over a decade old and 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 following through with it yeah. you didn't you didn't let it get away from you forever oh no that's awesome uh Dolan Bruckman thanks so much for making time here on At The Mic I appreciate it thank you so much Keith it was such an amazing pleasure I had so much fun ditto thank you <laughs> it was such a treat talking with Dolan Bruckman I imagine we're gonna be hearing a lot from her in the future whether it's more great music her upcoming comic book perhaps a future podcast as well maybe she'll start a Columbo-themed museum at some point as well. Next week, I'm going to sit down with Dallas-Fort Worth television meteorologist Jesse Hawila. He and I discuss the joys of being a new dad, his career in TV weather, and I mention a little trick to help him with his predicting of the weather forecast. It's going to be some fun. I hope you'll join us then. And please, tell your friends about the upcoming episode and the nearly 90 episodes now in the catalog for At The Mic. Be sure to check out the merchandise as well. It's over at atthemikeshop.com. Well, until we meet again, please go be free. And thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.